Welcome to Fandom Night, the show that has a full team of starter Pokemon. I'm your host, Rep. Lloyd Bill, William Bush, and you might remember me from a show called The Chairs a while back, run by Rep. Lloyd Productions. This show is still run by Rep. Lloyd Productions, but shall become the normal podcast of, well, our network. What am I trying to do here? Fandom Night is my own personal journey into fandom. I am into too many things when it comes right down to it. Way too many things. I have I have a set of Spock ears. I own a phaser. I have a tricorder. I have Star Wars merchandise. I have lightsabers. I have giant Darth Vaders. I have a large Bruce Lee cutout that sits in my room. I love video games. I can't get enough manga. Comic books are a major stay in my life. I am into so many things that it's a, it, it becomes difficult to regulate exactly what it is I'm into and what it is I would like to stay into. Now, this show will of course have other cast members from Reploid Productions as co-hosts whenever I can get them, but I will also be running this show alone from time to time, just talking about different things in general. This is my introduction thing, and I would like to talk about, well, a little bit about the history of the last show. The last show, of course, started out as a YouTube show, and then was made into a podcast, then went back to being a YouTube show. This is going to be a little different. Fandom Night can be found on YouTube, but there are live episodes, which are more video format, and it's still going to be run about the exact same way, except for maybe a skit here and there, something like that. And then this, which is more or less just going to be a straightforward podcast, 100% audio, and I believe that I will be posting this through Podkicker more than anything else, but I will also be uploading these to our Reploid Productions iTunes account, and I believe eblogger.com will also be receiving this show, and probably two or three other networks, though I'm not 100% sure. For anybody that's interested, you can reach us on the Reploid Productions, that's no space, Reploid Productions group page at Facebook, or you can follow William Bush on Facebook, or for that matter, William Bush is also my own personal page on YouTube and Google+. So that's how you can get a hold of me and talk about anything that you'd like to talk about that I happen to be talking about. Now, currently... The things that I'm doing right now is, aside from trying to keep the show going, I have started replaying Metal Gear Solid. There is already a Metal Gear Solid Fandom Night episode that's up, but I really wanted to say some things in general. As I collect, sometimes I get too much stuff, and it can be almost impossible to put this stuff to play it. That's what I'm trying to say here. Anybody else have this issue? Because it is a major issue. At least as far as I'm concerned, it's a major issue. See, I collect video games. And I have a lot. I just recently got an app for my cell phone which will allow me to catalog all these games in a giant server thing. And then I can upload them and I can send them to homeowner's insurance. And then they'll be able to reimburse me should anything ever happen 
but I figured out I'm only halfway through, and I'm already at like 340. That's a lot. And the more I look at it, it is really tough to play these games right now. If anybody doesn't know, I'm a father. So that's one of the things that's really... I don't want to say slowed me down, because I don't want to sound negative. There's nothing negative about being a father. People look at that like it ends their life, and it doesn't. It's, it's not that type of a thing. I can still play games. There's just not as much time. And when it comes right down to it, that doesn't bother me because I actually enjoy just simply sitting down and watching a show with my daughter. And she's into a lot of things that I'm into, and that's a major, major plus. I always get to watch Spider-Man and Batman and things like that with her. Uh, recently, she's really into Batman Beyond for some reason, and she watches all the Pokemon. I can't say that I watch Pokemon that much anymore, though. I can't say that it's my favorite show. Not, not by a long shot. But I don't mind it. Because I do play the game, and I can kind of critique the show when she watches it. And it also is a nice excuse to be able to spend some time with my daughter and do something that we both truly enjoy. Now, as I was going about my collection, my collection has become vast, and I've come across this issue where lately I realized that I'm playing an awful lot of portable games. Awful lot of portable games, but that's not exactly a bad thing either. See, portable gaming has taken on a life of its own for me, because it used to be that portable games was simply a nice little gimmick. You could take the game with you. But now, portable gaming has reached an, an area since, I'd say, the Game Boy Advance. These games are console-level games. A lot of what I played on the Game Boy Advance, even RPGs like Lunar. I played Lunar on... Uh, Luna or Lunar. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I think you guys know what I'm talking about, though. I played that. I played two different... Fire Emblems, and these were games that I could have just as easily played on a Super Nintendo, if not a PlayStation 1 at the time, and had just as much fun. But the cool thing about it was I got to finish these games because I wasn't sitting at home where I always find other things to do. Beings that I'm into comic books and things like that, I can sometimes sit down and take an entire day just reading comic books and not get through even a box. Literally, I have those big white boxes, and I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. I have one that is just Ultimate Spider-Man. All the way through, uh, the entire box is just Ultimate Spider-Man. In fact, I'm attempting to finish Ultimate Spider-Man. I actually, I actually have a list. I need to find an original print of issue one, and then I need to get issue 100 through 100... 42. After that, I have everything. I have everything. I already have the death of Spider-Man. I already have uh, all the side arcs. I have all the Marvel team-ups. Ultimate Spider-Man, to me, was a huge, huge deal. I think it's some of the best Spider-Man that I've ever seen. And I truly believe that. I don't think that this was just a, a pass-up series. I really think that Ultimate Spider-Man is by far one of the greatest things we've seen from the character in years, and it's a shame that they ended it, but at the same time, I think that it's good that they ended it. Plus, and negatives come to mind when we talk about things like manga. I believe that manga stays 
more straight when it comes to the storyline and the development of characters than, say, comic books, because after about sometimes even as little as eight issues, it will simply be passed to another group, and then that next group will work on it, and that also makes it so the artwork doesn't stay consistent. And understand, I'm not a complete strickler when it comes to artwork in general, but I am. And back to my portable gaming thing that I was going on, which you'll notice I have this problem a lot, which is part of the reason I'm really trying to explore my fandom and get more in touch with it in general. I'm also trying to teach myself parts of the fandom that I, for years, have simply ignored. Unless it's something like Metal Gear Solid, I know Hideo Kojima, things like that. But most of the time when I read a comic book or something like that, I just look at the specific characters, I look at the artwork, I learn the story. And it was more about learning simply that universe than who was actually behind the creation of that universe. So it never occurred to me to give a crap about Shimoko Kiyo, who does the Genshiken. Now, I love Genshiken. It is one of my favorite mangas. I've really gotten into it. I'm just about to start Genshiken Season 2, and this is one of those things where I really wanted to take a step back and look at who was responsible for the things that I treasure in my, in my widow heart. So, now that I've cut way off track... I'm going to try to come back, <laughs> come back over here, and get back to what I was trying to talk about. My life has changed since I had a kid, and it has become a lot more important to me to be a part of the portable gaming in general, or the portable gaming community, and I really think that portable gaming has reached a place now where it's no longer just a gimmick. I'm right now holding Injustice, Gods Among Us, Ultimate Edition. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. What I love about it is that aside from a little bit of graphical decline, and it's there, I can definitely see on that game. I can't see it so much on DOA 5+, but I can see it instantly when I play Injustice. These games are no longer just a gimmick. Think about the last two Silent Hills that came out that could have easily just been put on a PS3 with a little bit of an upgrade. And for that matter, there, there are PSP games that were so good on the portable systems that they were ported up to become console games. Now, I've been... I think the first system that I really got to play was the Intellivision. My dad had one. I think he got the Nintendo. The Intellivision wound up in my room, and I remember I used to play the game like uh, where, the, where the lines go, and you keep trying to turn, and you got to get the other line to run into you. The, the whole, you see it in Tron. Well, it's those, that type of experience that has allowed me to look back on games as a whole because as I got the Nintendo, got the Super Nintendo, got the 64, got a Sony PlayStation, I, I did not own a Dreamcast. And I've always kind of regretted that, but I did have a friend that owned the Dreamcast. 
And he was real big, like real big into his Dreamcast. And I understand why. I remember one of the coolest things about the Dreamcast was going over to his house and he actually had this disc that he could put in and the Dreamcast could read a Super Nintendo emulator off this disc and then he could play all these Super Nintendo games on his Dreamcast. Now I know that that was probably... I mean, that, that, goes, that goes into almost being like a hacker type of thing, but why not? Why not allow ourselves to do something like that? Especially when it comes to game collecting, and some companies are going to freak out about what I'm about to say, I know that, but when it comes to older games, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to get an emulator and play something like Mega Man 1. Because, let's face it, this might not, this isn't true for everybody. This is a weird, weird subject to get into, and I know that I've already fell off the portable gaming and why it's become so important to me, but it's become so important to me because I have a kid, and now I've found something else to talk about, so let's just jump over to what else I want to talk about. What emulation was for me was I used to get on I had a Nintendo a Sega a Game Gear a Game Boy a Game Boy Advance a Super Nintendo and I would download entire libraries the whole thing but it was actually because of that that I discovered certain games that when I got the opportunity presented in front of me I wanted to buy them it was almost like a renter's market to me, that's what turned me into a collector because there were so many games that I would easily go to the store and look at and I couldn't make a decision because I'd be like, what if that game sucks? What if I spend $60 and that game sucks? Well, I don't have to worry about that anymore. When I bought Final Fantasy VI, it was because I played Final Fantasy III on my emulator, and then bought it for my Super Nintendo. That was what emulation did for me. And I'd always played Mega Man, but I'd never really had the chance to own all of them. I'd only played like 1, 2, 4, and 6, that type of thing, in, in my household. Now, with the emulators, I was able to go out, I got the emulator, I got every Mega Man, I beat them, all of them, all the way through, just bam, 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 bam. Me and one of my old friends actually sat down and passed the controller back and forth, and we beat the entire Mega Man Legacy. Now, after we did that, I remember they came out with an anniversary collection for the, uh, it was, uh, I don't know if this was for the GameCube, but I do know that it was for the Xbox and the PS2. I got my Mega Man collection for the Xbox. And the reason I bought it was because I played them on the emulator, I remembered how fun they were, and I couldn't wait to play them on a system. That's the weird thing that I'm trying to get into with emulation. There's, a, there's something that's missing when you play an emulator. It is fun to play Donkey Kong with a controller on your computer. But for some reason, it is more to play it from the original cartridge on a Super Nintendo. I don't know why that is. 
there's a weird magical quality that kind of takes us back to being a kid. Or if you're already a kid, you might get the same thing that I'm talking about, which it's just a magical quality. I can't explain it 100%. All I can say is that you sit down and you turn this game on, on your computer. You play it for a little while, you're done with it, you might move on to something else. Or you might beat the game, I don't know. But for me, there was something that was always missing. And when I got my Super Nintendo and I bought my copy of Donkey Kong Country, I put that thing in and I beat it in one sitting. Me and my friends sat down and we played the crap out of that game. Just having the actual controller, the actual cartridge, the actual system, and a TV in front of us enhanced the experience to something that the computer just could not give me for some reason. I'm not against emulation. In fact, in some ways, I guess I kind of endorse it. But in some ways, I don't. I understand that there's a negative side to emulation as well. Because emulators essentially steal money from these companies. Now, this is where things get testy. Because people are like, come on, these games are like 20 years old. Get over it. They're making money on their new stuff. This is true. But why don't we find a common ground? We have this Nintendo Marketplace now. Why doesn't the Nintendo Marketplace simply suck it up, take every single game ever released for Nintendo and Super Nintendo, and for that matter, the N64, since that's a normal emulator I'm seeing nowadays, put all of that onto a stream system. These, these Steam boxes that are coming out that allow you to steam, stream and buy different games like the original Shining Force, which, by the way, I have Shining Force 1 and 2 on a collection disc for the Xbox 360. I want those original copies like you can't even believe. Because I believe I want to recapture that magic of playing it on my Sega Genesis. But regardless, what I don't understand is why there isn't just simply something like Nintendo Stream. You can already hook up to the internet with your Nintendo. And for that matter, I use my Wii and my Wii U to stream all my Netflix stuff. I think that it works better than it does on the Xbox or the PlayStation. And also, I, I don't like the fact that on my Xbox I have to pay for Netflix twice. That bothers me. It's always bothered me, but it's a topic that we'll get into a different time. I think that there should be a network thing set up where every single game that has ever existed on those three systems are simply available for stream. And I don't even think it should be a big price tag. If I had to pay $10 a month, something like Netflix, and then... If we remember the Sega channel, it flopped, but I don't think this would. I think that a lot of the people out there that are using emulators and things like that is because they can get so many games, and it's, well, since it's free, it's affordable. But then there's the worry that it is illegal when it comes right down to it. And if they wanted to, these gaming companies could actually go on, see your computer, see that you're emulating... If they wanted to make a big enough deal about it, they could 
they could fine you. They could get you on. I'm sure there's the the copyright infringement things could possibly get you. I don't know exactly the laws here. I just know that it's illegal. I think that it falls under the copyright terms or the the user license agreement somewhere in there. But the point is, emulators technically are illegal, or at least the ROMs are. Well, with this type of thing, you could pay $10, and then you could simply access any game that you wanted and stream the game. Or, for, say, $10 fee, you could access 10 games at a time that you actually save on your system. Now, you still have to be signed in in order to play the games, see? So you still got your $10 monthly subscription fee thing. You pay that $10, that gives you access. You download 10 games straight to your system so that you can play them. And then it's just like signing into Netflix. You would sign in, you would say, let me play these games. And then all these people could go back and they could play things like Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3. Why not get translated video games a chance for the a chance for the company Nintendo to actually go back and translate games that they never brought over here and I'm not talking about just Nintendo I'm sure there's like there it would be neat to have Sega on there too or uh NGO things like that but I really feel like this is an opportunity that is wasted because I'm sure that if a fan can sit down by himself and translate all of Final Fantasy 2, then why can't Nintendo simply put a translate Final Fantasy 2 on this marketplace or at least offer it to me in this stream type of thing that I'm talking about? That way, if I get to download 10 games, let's say I download Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3, I've already beat 4 a hundred times, so I skip that, I get part five, and these are originals, too. I'd like to play them just how they were presented on their original systems. And then I can scoot over and go to the Game Boy Advance, and I can get Shining Force, because they, they, redid, they redid the first Shining Force game. So I can get Shining Force, Resurrection of Dark Dragon, and then let's say that I get Turtles 2, Turtles 3, Turtles 4, now I've got a nice stack of games that I can play. I beat Turtles 4, say, five or six times. I beat one of the RPGs. I'm getting a little tired of them. I delete those two off the system. As soon as I delete those two, I can replace them with two new games. So I can only have downloaded ten games at a time. But I can stream anything. How about that? Because some games, I'm sure that I could just stream, like, say, Mega Man 1 or something like that. I, it's not such a giant game that it can't be streamed to my system. And that's really where I am with my emulation problem. I don't see... Companies are going out of their way now to attack ROM sites. And they're trying to be like, this is protected by the IDSA and things like that. And no, 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 don't touch, blah, 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 licensed... But you could do away with all of that and make good money just by presenting it. Give it to us. Another thing that would actually be a big deal for this is that a lot of the portable games, like Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, or for that matter, 
Maybe even some DS games. Now, I don't know how that would work, but I'm sure that the Wiimote would make it a possibility. Or if nothing else, if nothing else, the Wii U could be able to handle DS games because technically there are two screens. So there, there's that problem taken care of right away. And it would be a good way to sell the Wii U because there are DS games out there that were really, really good that would be cool to play on your TV. And just like the gimmick of the Super Game Boy, I would like to have an opportunity to simply play some of these games on my TV. Game Boy Advance, most of all. Some of those games were just tremendously great. And some of them might not look that good when you put them on the TV, but I don't care. I want to see it. I want to play Fire Emblem on my television. And I want to play... I want to play Golden Sun 1 and 2 on the TV. I just want to do that. And there's, there's no way for us to do it. And I just don't see why. That's probably another reason that I'm so excited for the Hyperkin Retron 5. And that's right, I'm plugging again here. Plugging my own show, Shameless Self-Promotion. But, regardless, that's what I'm about to do. I did a review for the upcoming stuff that we would be able to do on the Retron 5. And it's probably my biggest video. You could check it out at Reploid Productions' YouTube page. Or if you just go to reploidproductions.com, right there, they will give you two choices. It will either take you to our eBlogger channel or our YouTube channel. YouTube channel is the one that gets updated the most nowadays, though. So that's what I would probably suggest. But regardless... The Retron 5 is going to be able to play Game Boy games, Game Boy Color games, and Game Boy Advance games. And it's also going to be able to slow down and speed up the frame rate. So we'll be able to play Japanese RPGs that we always wanted to play that we weren't really able to play very well. And here's the kicker. This is, this is what excites me like crazy. I can now take, while I'm at home, my portable games, which are about the only games I actually get the chance to finish anymore. I can put them into the Retron 5. I can play them at four times speed and just do some training while I relax at home. And then whenever my little girl wants to see me or this or that or she comes out of her room, she wants to play, she wants to throw the ball, I can just simply put the controller down and walk away because all I'm doing is training while I'm at home. Now... When I go to work on my break, I can take that game with me. And I did all this training, and I've got all these powerful characters, I'm all the way powered up, and I can just simply move through the game. These are just a couple of my thoughts, and I would like to keep this episode going for a lot longer, but I figure 30 minutes is a good intro, and I figure that if nothing else, this gives you guys an idea of what my talk show is going to be like, and as I said before, on here, I would like to discuss a lot of things. I would like to discuss Star Trek. I would like to discuss Star Wars. I would like to discuss many, many, many different things from Pokemon to Mega Man to Super Mario to why has there not been a Princess Daisy game? I mean, come on. There's, there's a thousand things that I want to talk about and I don't have the time to do it. But I figure with the podcast and the live show going at the same time, Fandom Night can finally reach out to the community and get some answers back. So this has been 
Reploid Bill, William Bush, however you want to see me, and look forward to our next episode, and I hope you stay with us, because I'm really hoping to make this a more continuous, successful show later on.